0: Welcome to the Boys in the Iceberg, the podcast where we recap Avatar The Last Airbender episode by episode for fans new and old. I'm your host, John Listman, immigration attorney by day, stand-up comic by night, airbender at heart. And I'm joined, as always, by my co-host. I'm
1: Jeff Miller, TV writer, avid mind wanderer, and aspiring waterbender.
0: Uh, Today, we'll be talking about book two, episode four, The Swamp. In this episode, while flying, Team Avatar is drawn into a mysterious otherworldly swamp and everyone gets separated from one another. Aang, Katara, and Sokka see unique illusions in the swamp. Sokka sees Princess Yue, Katara sees her dead mother, and Aang sees a giggling, unfamiliar girl. The three are reunited and attacked by a swamp monster who turns out to be a wise man from a local tribe of waterbenders. He explains the spiritual nature of the swamp and their visions. And Aang realizes that the girl is someone he's going to meet. Meanwhile, Zuko and Iroh find themselves begging on the streets of the Earth Kingdom. Having too much pride, Zuko reverts to his blue spirit guise to help himself. Okay, so, uh, (sighs) yeah. uh, We we ended with this Zuko and Iroh there, but it is nice to have them back. I I don't think they had much of a role of any in the last episode.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Last, Not really. Uh, damn. It was Azula was taking all the uh, fire bending time. Yeah. In, yeah.
1: Being fed and then stealing that an family's.
0: Ostrich
1: horse. Ostrich horse.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Zuko and Iroh mm-hmm. are found on the street begging for money in an Earth Kingdom village. Zuko refuses to grovel, trying to keep what dignity he has left. While Iroh is more than willing to adapt and do what he must to get by. A swordsman approaches Iroh and has him sing for a gold coin. As Iroh sings, the swordsman swings his blades at Iro's feet to make him dance. As the swordsman leaves, Zuko quietly fumes about his uncle's self-degradation and the treatment he received. Uh, God bless Iroh, even in these dark times, still has his, uh, you know, positive perspective. That that is uh not easy to keep up.
1: Yeah, it's it's hard for a teenage prince to comprehend um having to drop pride and Mm -hmm. dignity and just do what you need to do.
0: Yeah.
1: Um we could see obviously Iroh just he knows more about the world, all things, and and in these situations he knows that sometimes the best bet is to just swallow pride and you know, he got that gold coin.
0: We also got to hear his magical singing voice. Oh, oh, what a tone-deaf voice that is! <laughs> uh, oh, yeah,
1: Uncle Iros, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's nice. Well, I, I, I enjoyed his serenading.
0: Absolutely. It just, yeah. I
1: didn't, I didn't enjoy the guy. You know, it was in westerns. Mm-hmm. They say, you know, dance for your dinner. Kind of very much that like outlaw vibe, just on their own.
0: On their Fucking own, it. indeed. Meanwhile, Aang, Katara, and Sokka fly over a swamp. When Appa begins to lose altitude, Aang tells his friends that he feels as if the swamp is calling to him. Due to their reluctance to land, however, he agrees to leave. Suddenly, a tornado appears, overwhelming everyone and hurling them into the swamp. Even though Aang uses airbending to make a sphere of air as a shield around Appa, the tornado shears it apart with ease, separating Appa and Momo from the others. While searching for Momo and Appa, Aang and Katara are wary of the environment, sensing something ominous about it. Sokka, however, uses his machete to haphazardly hack through the swamp vegetation, trying to clear a path, ignoring Aang's advice to stop. Okay. Uh, it's very rare that uh, the gang is not in control in the skies on Appa. This was, uh, you know, a. It's this and like a Fire Nation attack. It, there's really, uh, it's not something we're used to seeing.
1: No, and it's, it's, it's interesting that Aang unknowingly was bringing them down. And, and you see this, again, this spiritual connection. And I think it's, it's cool because it's actually picking up right where we left off in the last episode in terms of, you know, that point we were making about how Aang all his bending techniques are derived from some spiritual connection. Mm -hmm. And right now their main goal is finding his earthbending master, you know, waiting and listening. And Mm -hmm. you hear Aang literally saying, like, I'm hearing the planet call to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, we'll get more and more of this throughout the entire episode, but there's some, you know, everybody talks about how book two is very much the Empire Strikes Back of Avatar Mm -hmm. The Last Airbender really serious Dagobah I mean, vibes.
0: Yeah. I mean, I mean, this is Dagobah, as far as I'm yeah. concerned. Uh, and uh, we will need a Yoda-esque figure later, but not quite a Yoda. All right. Well, let's not rush right. it. Um, Saka, just, because uh, Aang, of course, felt this spiritual connection that drew him in to begin with. So so he's clearly mm-hmm. aware of the need to not hack away haphazardly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Katara is also a healer. She gets some of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Sokka is just uh, wood. You know, it's just uh, an op- <laughs> Sokka,
1: why wouldn't she just listen? Just trust Aang, you know? Yeah. Aang's got the spiritual connection to everything. He's yeah. telling you something.
0: Maybe listen to him. Maybe, maybe, know. maybe. Uh, meanwhile, after freeing Appa from a tangle of vines... Momo and Appa trudge through the swamp, looking for the rest of Team Avatar. The path is blocked by a large root, which is too low to crawl under. Too high to easily climb over, and the vegetation is too dense to fly over it. Seeing no way around the obstacle, Appa drops to the ground to rest. Momo wants to keep going, however, and digs out Aang's bison whistle, blowing on it as hard as he can. Appa roars in pain, but Momo whistles a second time. Fed up, the bison arches his tail and slams it down onto his back, knocking Momo out cold and stopping the noise. However, unknown to the flying bison and winged lemur, natives of the swamp have found Appa's tracks and are hunting them. Yeah. By evening, Saka becomes annoyed at Ang and Katara's warnings, stating there is nothing but the ordinary about the place. At, the, at that moment, a scream echoes through the swamp, startling the trio realizing a small white bird was responsible for the sounds Sokka decides to build a fire all right uh let's Aish. pause there
1: fun antics
0: yeah the, the antics themselves but just the setting and tone of all these scenes are like very uh spooky like uh, everyone feels like a, a more legit scooby-doo yeah but like you know
1: mm-hmm. yeah you know, seeing seeing Appa and Momo together is always awesome. Seeing the way Momo tries so hard to help his friend. Um, but you also see that while they're there for each other, they can still, even in trying times, get on each other's nerves, much like the rest of Team Avatar. And, you know, Appa finally having to just smack his tail down and knock Momo out. Um, and again, you see Sokka just... in. Insisting on ignoring everyone and mm-hmm. getting upset about their warnings, like why? Why is he so personally agitated by their warnings? What does he think? I, I, I know. don't know.
0: Like, like it's, it's one thing to be a denier of this avatar magic, but uh, yeah, I mean, I I would think at this point he's seen enough of the magic to believe it's real. Uh, but pe- even if he isn't, uh, it does He doesn't have an like another. He doesn't have a reason to believe it's not true like, like sometimes he has these theories and uh i mean I don't, yeah for whatever reason he just has to rationalize everything he can't accept the uh the mysticism of this universe that uh is so obviously key to aang's spiritual journey we also know
1: that sokka isn't averse in any way to gut instincts mm. you know as, as, as we all remember from the jet episode, Sokka's instincts are a big part. You know, he's always flaunting them whenever it's convenient for him. Um, and it's funny that they're just not, I don't, I don't know why. It's it's like there's some weird stubborn block happening for Sokka right now, but maybe there's some unresolved, um, emotional uneasiness that he still hasn't really dealt with. Yeah. From the end of last season.
0: Yeah. How about, uh, some of the creatures we see in this swamp, uh, there is the shrieking like a banshee owl. I, I don't know if there was another name for it. That
1: little, that 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 little ah! white bird thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um it, it looked like a little Furby. Like it's an adorable creature uh, until it opens its mouth. Yeah. Another one was this uh, catfish gator. That was a nice mm-hmm. little. Uh, I don't know. It's like you see at one point. Yeah, I'm actually gonna save it because it's coming up. But uh, yeah yeah uh and you know i think
1: i i think i know what you're loading too
0: yeah so uh hunting a fly for dinner momo ends up on the back of one of the swamp's apex predators a -a catigator alarmed momo hurries back to appa with the cat gator in pursuit appa opens his mouth and catches the surprised predator momentarily holds it while it struggles and spits it out the cat gator and momo hiss angrily at each other but the predator soon leaves, and Appa chastises the lemur for his behavior. So yeah, this is what I was talking about. Uh, and I was going to say how it's uh-huh. like such a big, ferocious gator to you and me, but to Appa, it's like a mozzarella stick. Like, you know what I mean? It's, uh, he he could have snapped it in half.
1: Yeah. That's 100% right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, Ang Katara, and Sokka make camp for the night. While they are asleep, vines entangle each group member, dragging them away from each other into the dense fog. Each person experiences a vision. Katara sees her mother. However, after joyfully running over to meet her, her vision is revealed to be an ordinary stump. Gasping in disbelief, Katara falls to her knees in tears. Sokka envisions Yue in spirit form, who hauntingly blames him for not protecting her. Sokka refuses to believe what he has witnessed, cling to the belief that there is a logical explanation for it. Aang spots a young laughing girl. And a flying boar in the swamp. He does not recognize the girl. He calls out to her, and she runs away, and Aang begins to chase after her. All right. Um, I think we need to analyze each of these visions like we were uh, Freud, mm-hmm. because there is so much to dissect. Yes. Um, <clears throat> beginning with Katara.
1: It really is heartbreaking when she chases after, you know, all of a sudden you think maybe even if it's not really her, like you could talk to the ghost of your mom, you know, I'm with the avatar. Why not? And for her to chase after her and finally get there. And it's like a stump.
0: Yeah. There are some Um, places in the world where spiritual energy is high and it would not be unheard of for the spirit of Katara's mother to uh, have a conversation with her. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean,
1: you know, she talked to ghosts before.
0: Yeah. Katara is especially, I, again, feels the need to uphold her mother's legacy. Uh uh-huh. there's so few waterbenders, so especially in the southern tribe. There's uh so yeah, that that was heartbreaking. Uh next Sokka envisions Yue. Uh now it's Yue the spirit, not the person. Why uh why do you think that is? I I feel like uh I mean, I th- you go.
1: Well I was gonna say I think it's I think it's because of the fact that she became a spirit and i think that in his mind he feels responsible his role was to protect her and keep her safe and under his watch she had to sacrifice herself and become the moon so that version of her is what's going to haunt him
0: yeah one more ua thought is that it's the spirit not the uh you know flesh ua and uh it almost lends credence to saka's uh there's a logical explanation for everything. Like, like it wasn't, whereas the, uh, Katara sees more of the flesh and blood, you know, vision of her mother, uh, it is the UA in spirit form. Uh, it's interesting. True. Yeah.
1: I think this helps inform why Sokka has been so kind of angered and put off by the swamp. You know, if there's a spiritual energy, I think there's definitely a lot of unresolved grief for him about Yue. Um, and I think that when he finally sees this vision, it, it kind of confirms that, yeah, a, a reason why Sock has been kind of acting up lately um, is because of his his grief.
0: Uh, Aang uh, has a vision of an unfamiliar person, unlike the others. It is a young, laughing girl and a flying boar. He, he does not recognize either one. And Me too. Uh, he calls out, but they run away. Sorry so um yeah hmm.
1: it's uh, uh it's i don't even to want to talk
0: at this yeah who the the vision is i know um but i um, actually maybe it's just my own uh failure to recollect the boar is that a significant creature because maybe it's just been too long oh yeah
1: that's her um Well, we'll find out in the future, but it has to do with the character, yes.
0: Okay, so I guess I had forgotten that character dimension. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is exciting that this vision uh, occurred at the swamp, because it is a more spiritual place. It is part of the greater organism that uh, called Aang to it, and uh, he is, in fact, listening. He listened when he went in there. He listened... He's learning to listen. It's almost as though his training has already begun, uh, even before the master, even before Ooh. knowing technique. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's in pre-training. I would. I would. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah.
1: I, I would wonder if Zuko were in this swamp, if they would just go straight up Star Wars and mm-hmm. have him see a vision of his father right. and slash at his father, you and all know. of a sudden it was him.
0: That would make sense. Uh, it would fit with this greater Dagobah mystic world that we're inhabiting here. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, Save that for my fan fiction, I guess. Yeah, Stay tuned.
0: Stay tuned. (laughs) Swamp Chronicles, yes. Uh, Elsewhere, we have Appa and Momo are being confronted by the swamp-dwelling hunters, Tho, Due, and the others, uh, who chase them in canoes. Tho attempts to coax the animals towards him, but is unaware they understand his human speech and when he casually mentions that they will become food once captured appa and momo flee due a short shouts angrily at Tho for his ignorance Tho defends himself by asking how he was to know about the animal's intelligence to catch up with appa and momo Tho begins bending the water around his canoe causing it to speed forward rapidly okay uh, first off, I think that's the first time I've said those names out loud. I don't know if I got it right. Uh, yeah. Though and Due, but I think uh, you did. Yeah. Let's go with it. Um, finally, I'm, we meet these uh, cool. figures that, you know, we've kind of seen in the background. Yeah.
1: I love Though just because it reminds me so much of um, Chan Though from Doctor Who, mm. um, who is the alien at the end of the universe. Uh, mm-hmm. Who had to bookend every sentence with her name. So every sentence would be Chan, how are you, though? Kind of thing. But it's really cool to see this. You know, you finally have another area with locals, and I think we see they are also waterbenders. Mm-hmm. So not only are these our characters in this weird mystical swamp with all this stuff happening, you know, you wonder maybe another reason why while both Sokka and Aang's visions were kind of spiritual. I mean, I guess Aang's was sort of in the flesh, but you know, she was really like pale, like really light, mm-hmm. um, almost glowing. Uncolored, and
0: right. Soras was,
1: yeah. was the only one that was kind of in the flesh. And there are other waterbedders in the swamp that exist mm-hmm. there and you wonder maybe that's why, or if I'm just being way too like reading into it. Yeah. Um, it's, but it's also great, you know, we're seeing, and, and we're seeing kind of the Avatar-versus version of like, you know, the Bayou.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Them, yeah,
0: exactly. It's cool. The, uh, I mean, dude, the, the Bayou uh, vibe or climate, I don't know what the term is, is very much felt mm-hmm. during this chase uh, where you like obviously it's it's in their language, but also the uh you get this banjo twang, but uh, you know, it is very cool, and you also kind of see that their form when they're bending the water around them looks like a silly dance. It doesn't look like a martial art as much but but it is very much uh, another technique to learn as a as a waterbender. It almost is a mix of earth and water bending because that's the uh you know climate that we have, and also. Uh, it's mm-hmm. nice to see another water bending uh, locale that isn't Arctic, right? It, it's nice to know that you don't have to live in the middle of nowhere or some extreme ice. pole. Yeah, uh, water benders. The other exist elsewhere. Yeah.
1: Well, actually, I, I gotta save this because we haven't met them yet, um, or met him yet. But on the on the water bending front, I'll, I'll I'll come back to it.
0: Haven't met who? Okay. Uh,
1: also, uh,
0: yeah, <laughs> Aang is still chasing the girl, okay? But when he reaches her, the vision is replaced by Katara. Sokka drops in, literally, and they all confess their encounters. Aang and Katara wonder about the mysterious workings of the swamp, but Sokka continues to insist nothing is out of the ordinary until a giant swamp thing attacks them. It seems infallible, easily regrowing whatever vines our heroes bend or slash apart. Finally, thanks to impressive water bending by Katara, the three realize the swamp monster is actually a person bending the vines. With one final water blade from Katara through the head and Aang asking why he called them here just to kill them, the man gives up and introduces himself. Okay. Uh, Good fight. Yeah, I, I think just as much as this swamp wanted all three of those characters to have a vision. It wanted to kind of stumble them back into each like like there was no uh, GPS or reason for them to have found each other. This was a force.
1: Just really impressive. Again, it's really impressive water bending, and it's really impressive. Um, well, I guess on both sides. Obviously from Katara and that move she does with all those like water ring, ice ring things mm. that cut it apart. Yeah. Um, but this swamp thing monster. This is a new style of fighting where a, a regular waterbender has manipulated the vine, you know, the water of the vines around him to create this swamp thing creature. um, That's really powerful. So, I mean, and when you bend the water in the vines, that's that's the first step to a very powerful, but terrifying type of water bending that we're gonna learn about way down the road. Mm -hmm. But I just like to remember and recognize that here's where we get the first kind of introduction to it
0: yeah that's the first time we see you can bend the water within an organism not just out in the open and that is huge uh and katara seems to
1: forget this pretty mm -hmm, quickly mm -hmm. until until she's reminded down the road or later Ah, on but at least uh, for now this is like it's kind of they, they seem to just sort of gloss over this really incredible technique that nobody's ever seen before
0: it's true i think uh well, first off, it's nice again—a new culture, a new style, a new form—and the uh, fact that guitars may be quick to surpass it is—I don't know—if she's afraid to try something new without a master, she still wants to work on what she learns. But uh, for whatever reason, that's uh, how it goes. Um, this monster, though, this just—just uh, just the way it grows and grows and grows—is really a reflection to how powerful this uh, new bending is. Mm-hmm. Uh, well this mysterious person asks what they're doing in the swamp and Sokka reveals that Aang is the avatar and that stuff like this happens to them a lot understanding that the swamp chose them the bender reveals his name Hugh he explains the reason he attacked them was to protect the swamp Sokka kept harming Sokka he takes them to the roots Sokka yeah takes them to the roots of an enormous banyan grove tree at the heart of the swamp Hugh reveals he achieved enlightenment under this tree and saw how the entire swamp is the root of the single tree spreading for miles. He states that everything is connected, time and death are only illusions, and that the swamp often manifests to people as visions of deceased loved ones, showing that they are still present spiritually. Aang asks about the girl he saw, stating it was no one he knew. But remembering Hugh's comments of time being an illusion, he realizes that the girl is someone he will meet in the future. Alright, so uh first this uh introduction and we finally get the confirmation that uh no this was self-defense, Sokka. Okay, you don't just machete your way through a spiritual world any at any point. There's no uh excuse for that behavior.
1: Yeah, I uh Sokka's just mean, mm-hmm. um, and a little selfish, you know? You, you think about it. he's always worried about his own appetite, mm-hmm. his own convenience. Um, but we love him anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, this idea of everything being connected, you know, differences being an illusion, um, is not something that just, again, this, this is, you know, we, we talk about how breadcrumbs are sprinkled at different times throughout the series. And here I'm realizing that a lot more breadcrumbs than we maybe thought are being dropped. Mm -hmm. You know, this idea that everything is connected and and everything's an illusion, we're going to find out that that applies to even the different types of bending and the different nations. You know, everything is connected. And if you are spiritually connected and balanced enough, you can achieve that sort of enlightenment.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: And here it helps and connects within the swamp, and we'll find that out down the road. But just that, that piece of information is huge and it's going to come into play in a big way with a character we've yet to meet
0: mm-hmm. later
1: on this season.
0: I think when we're first introduced to the swamp people, uh, you know, man, they're portrayed as, uh, as swamp people. Like, you know what I mean? Low class, uh, right. a touch of redneck, Appalachian, uncultured. Uh, that's the stereotype. Right. Then uh, no, man. Deliverance, Earth. right? After, you know exactly banjo twang mm-hmm. uh, ablazon. uh This is no, you know, but it's it's here. not you know Ban that achieved enlightenment under the banyan tree, which uh, without any sort of master or training, and and he's de- I don't know how much he's developed it, but he certainly mastered this uh, rare form of bending. So it's not uh, you know just a reminder to uh, be respectful of your surroundings. Yeah.
1: Amen. Um, and I, I just have to give the little the, the little shout out. Time, time is an illusion. My favorite, you know, that's that jumps around in all sorts of sci-fi stuff everywhere for forever. Um, my favorite version yeah. of it is uh, is Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Time is an illusion. Lunchtime doubly so. Um, hmm. Just a little shout out to my man Douglas Adams. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm uh, all right. Let's 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 keep rolling.
0: Time's an illusion, and Ang knows what the girl is, or what, that it's someone who, I mean, it's, it's brilliant. Aang touches the tree connecting to the swamp and manages to see Appa and Momo being chased. Aang, Katara, and Sokka promptly rush to the animal's aid. When they arrive, Aang and Katara use waterbending against Due and Tho, and upon this discovery, the fighting stops. Due and Tho proclaim they must be kin since they're all waterbenders, then greet Hugh. The scene jumps to Aang, Katara, and Sokka sitting around a fire in the swamp dweller's camp. Aang and Katara continue to wonder about the swamp, but Sokka is steadfast that there is nothing out of the ordinary. Nearby, a white bird lands on the branch and lets out a screech, only to get swatted away by a sentient vine. Um, what will it take, Sokka? I mean, <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I think they even go over, well, it's not in this description, sorry, but that you know, they're, Sokka's trying to explain how everything has, you know, a source now. There, there's, there's a reason behind all this crazy,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know, voodoo magic, so to speak. Um, and then they bring up, well, what about the tornado, you know? And they Mm -hmm. said, we didn't, you know, none of, none of the water or yeah, none of the waterbenders said they had anything to do with that. So, and Sokka just says, well, can't, you know, account for nature. Mm -hmm. Um, or I'm sorry, can't account for the weather, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's weird how stubborn Saka's being. And they should just be sitting there doing the I told you so dance. And he's still saying, well, it's all explained. Everything's fine. And it's yeah. just like, ah, oh, Sokka. You
0: oh, what do you think caused this tornado?
1: Um, I really think that the swamp did.
0: Dude, I think the swamp manifested it, but I'm gonna take it a step deeper and say it was the collective will of the spiritual world.
1: Uh th- th- this
0: this uh spirit of our future earthbending friend uh that, that presented itself was so strong and shiny. I mean it, it was uh bright and like like a light and uh you know you have this high spiritual energy. ang's being called to it. His instinct is there, but I mean I, I don't know if maybe there was another Avatar spirit that manifested it or made it happen it's
1: uh i don't know that's a very good that's a very good point
0: right i like that uh, i don't think it's a being per se uh but yes uh then we cut to the last scene and we are shown the swordsman who mistreated iro and zuko in a dark alley he senses someone there and pulls out his blades. Two hands grab his wrist, making him release the blades, and he is thrown into a stack of crates, knocking him out. The attacker walks up and retrieves the dropped swords. The camera pans up to reveal, the blue spirit has returned. Alright. Uh, dun,
1: dun, dun, dun,
0: Love it, love it, love it, love it. Um, you, you don't need to know much yeah. more Broke Iroh and Zuko than the three minutes at the end of the beginning. Uh, Something I forgot to mention right off the bat, Uh, in the very first scene, maybe even the first shot, uh, as the camera is focusing in on the uh, Zuko Nairo sitting on the street, a cart passes by them and the cart is a a mask salesman. And one of the masks on the cart is the blue spirit mask. So uh, yeah, I I don't know if you caught that. Wow. Worth a little rewatch. So uh, already this figure, this outlaw, this bandit, Is uh, kind of a folk hero, or, or or has enough of a place in the yeah. culture that he uh, his mask is being worn. I don't know, as a, it was a Halloween thing or some sort of uh, theater thing as a villain. But uh, it, it was very. There was a little eat drop of it at the beginning. Well, I should have that's mentioned a good, that.
1: That's a, yeah, that's a good catch. I totally blanked on that. Yeah, um, I love that. Mm again, this is all about Zuko's inner turmoil and who is he and what kind of a person is he and is he a decent person or not? And at the end of the last episode, when, when struggling to get by, we see he's willing to steal from this innocent family. Here it's a little more like you're you're more seeking vengeance against someone who's wronged you. Yeah. But we see Zuko's, he has too much pride for that and he's willing to kind of turn to the dark side to justify, you know, dark means to justify the ends. and, mm-hmm. and succeed with with him and his uncle and you wonder how long these dueling kind of personas can travel together because clearly you know zuko wants to go a route that is very much against what iroh's belief system and you know allows Mm -hmm. um and the blue spirit man
0: oh what what a great figure and i'm glad to have him back Mm -hmm. and uh on that image of the blue spirit, we uh, wrap up the episode. What another great! I mean, truly, uh, it's kind of a one-off, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, so much was learned, so much development. Uh, really excited for uh, you know, what? it's like his he's pre-training. I, I, I like that. Yeah, uh, he's like it mentally is. training. The universe is forcing it onto him, even if he uh, is not ready. Um, yeah, another episode. So much was learned, Jeff. Uh, Anything we missed? Uh, cl- closing thoughts? Yeah,
1: I, I love the, the 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 spiritual connection. Again, we're we're really delving into inner diagnosis and and and, and the balance and connecting yourself, your your spiritual self with your physical real self, um, and and what that means for the show down the road. And and you know, we're getting a hint um, in terms of Ang where it's going. And who he's looking for, and then in terms of Zuko, that inner turmoil is really manifesting in a big way, and, and I'm just excited, you know, they're really again just laying a groundwork for an amazing second season.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, man. Um, something I forgot to mention before, Saka had this line like, "Why do these things keep attaching to me?" There was an elbow leech, and uh, I yeah. thought that was a very cute little reference to the uh, pentapie from uh, the yeah. last episode, right? Because things keep attaching themselves to him. Um, just, I mean, Hugh, this character of Hugh, that, uh, that he was enlightened under a banyan tree was very similar to the Buddha getting enlightened. So like, there's definitely this, uh, uh, I mean, I don't know what to call it, but the, uh, the importance of meditation or uh, enlightenment and, and personal mental well-being and, and spiritual health in order to uh, mm-hmm. fully realize yourself is something that's so, so important to me. Uh, love this episode. Amen. Spirituality was oh, really yeah. nice, yeah. Definitely, um, yeah. And then this, just the, the quote, I, I'll say it one more time. It's, it's uh, when Hugh explains the illusions, he says, in the swamp, we see visions of people we've lost, people we've loved, folks we think are gone. But the swamp tells us they're not. We're still connected to them, Time is an illusion, and so is death. And uh, on that note, I think we are out of time, or at least uh, the illusion of it. And uh, that wraps up another episode of The Boys in the Iceberg. Be sure to follow The Boys in the Iceberg on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find our podcast
1: on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, And pretty much wherever podcasts can be found.
0: All right. Thank you for listening and good night.
1: Lameo Hotman.